it's that time again. Time again for the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. I'm here with Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go Y O Go, and we have three guests with us tonight. We have Jared Newland from Cheyenne, Doug Friesen down there in Arizona, and Bran Lemaitre down there in Colorado in the Denver area. Well, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, how are you all doing? Good plan. Doing pretty good? Wonderful. I got the doors open and it's toasty outside. All right. That's well, you always bragging about the thing. We got cold weather here in Virginia. How about you, Jared? Do you staying warm? Yeah, it was actually a very nice day in the high plains of Wyoming today. Little little breezy, but definitely it was nice in the fifties, but it's gonna turn for the worse for tomorrow. As you know, guys, we had a a big, big game this weekend against Air Force. And uh, why don't we go through and let me do the play-by-play, and then uh, we'll get into discussing that. The Wyoming Cowboys traveled to Colorado Springs, Colorado, this past Saturday to face the Air Force Academy Falcons in a pivotal Mountain Division contest. The Cowboys shut down the Falcons' first possession of the ball game on a Marcus Epps interception at the Wyoming 45 with 11.45 remaining in the first quarter. The Worthman wants to throw straight back over the middle and picked off. This is intercepted. Epps has it. Epps is running it back and he'll be dropped at about the 22-yard line. Oh, big play. There you go. The takeaway by that Cowboy defense. Wyoming just took four plays to score its first touchdown of the game on a one-yard run by true freshman running back Trey Woods. Here is third and goal at the one. Wyoming loads up the eye. They'll give it to Woods. He puts the clamps on it, dives for the end zone. He's in. Touchdown, Cowboys. After the extra point, the Cowboys led the Falcons 7-0 with 10-18 remaining in the first quarter. The Cowboys' defense made its second takeaway of the game in the second quarter when senior safety Jalen Ortiz recovered a fumble by Air Force running back Taven Burdow at the Falcons' 34-yard line. The Pokes took only two plays to score for the second time when Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen hit redshirt freshman Jared Scott on a 17-yard scoring strike with 14.04 remaining in the first half. Eye formation, Overstreet the deep back, fake it to him. Josh wants to throw, guns it. This is caught. Touchdown, Cowboys. Jared Scott with the catch and the score. Following the extra point, the score was Wyoming 14, Air Force nothing. The Cowboys extended their lead to 21 to nothing on their next possession by driving 10 plays and 69 yards capped off by a two-yard scoring run by Josh Allen with seven minutes and 12 seconds remaining in the first half. Third down at the two, out of the shotgun. Allen, he's gonna tuck it, he's gonna take it, and walks in (laughs) for a touchdown, Cowboys. The Falcons narrowed the scoring gap to 21 to seven following a two minute, seven second drive that took 11 plays. Air Force scored with just 25 seconds remaining in the half when quarterback Arian Wortham tossed a 22-yard scoring strike to wideout Marcus Bennett. At the half, Wyoming led Air Force 21-7. Go Wyoming Go reporter Jim Inest reports on the first half. We're talking with Jim Inest, who is uh, at the Air Force game at the halftime. How's it going, Jim? Well, how's the Cowboys looking? How's the crowd there? Uh, 
Well, very good. Well, I tell you what, uh, Cowboys are going to get the ball in the uh, second half here, so I think they need to answer that touchdown and take some more steam out of the uh, or uh, wind out of the sails there of the Falcons. Let me call you at the uh, end of the game. Go Pokes. Thanks, Jim. Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen left the game after the fourth play of the second half with an apparent injury to his arm. Junior Nick Smith replaced Allen as the Pokes' signal caller. Air Force tightened their scoring deficit to seven points on a seven-play drive early in the third quarter when Falcon running back Tevin Burdow rushed for 10 yards and a touchdown with 9 minutes and 35 seconds remaining in the third quarter. Following the extra point, the score was Wyoming 21, Air Force 14. Wyoming got some breathing room in the fourth quarter when redshirt sophomore running back Kellen Overstreet rushed 9 yards for a touchdown following a 5-play drive starting at the Wyoming 33-yard line. Cowboys first and goal. They'll give it right side on the handoff, trying to sweep and get away, and he's in. That should be a Cowboy touchdown. What a run. Running through tackles and getting that touchdown for the Cowboys. Quite a run. Following the extra point, the Cowboys led 28-14 with 8 minutes and 51 seconds remaining in the game. The Cowboy defense kept the Falcons from scoring on three subsequent drives, preserving their seventh victory of the season. Go I.O. Go reporter Jim Inest sets the scene at the end of the game. Okay, we're talking to Jim Inest again. It's at the end of the game, and uh, how did it go, Jim? They've been showing him on the sidelines. Uh, he's in civilian clothes. Um, he's got his um, passing hand in the pocket, but he doesn't have a sling or anything on it. He's been kind of laughing, so he doesn't look like he's in a lot of pain. So they just played the uh, saw, the Air Force saw, and uh, the Cowboys have come over Okay. Yeah, they are. So we got to keep our fingers crossed. It's in the fourth quarter. So uh, they've been having a barn burner up there. We just gotta, just gotta hope for the sheep. So congratulations! I'm glad you guys got to see a great game. Jim, will you have a good night and have a safe trip back to Parker, Colorado? All right, thank you. All right, take care, Jim. Victory brings Wyoming's record to 7-3 overall and 5-1 and in the conference. Next week, the Pokes will be at home against West Division rival Fresno State 
in a critical battle for both teams. Reporting for the Cowboy Roundtable, I'm Jeff Fry. We want to thank the University of Wyoming Sports Property and Learfield Sports for the use of the radio play-by-play calls of Mr. Dave Walsh. This has been a Jackalope Ridge Media Production. Well, that's the play-by-play, guys. Uh, uh, what do you think? Uh, do you like the way the, we do the play-by-play? Yeah, that was uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, oh, we lost. Uh, we lost uh, Brand there. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, uh, I I like the fact that we were able to get a hold of Jim and uh, get a, a halftime and a end of the game report. I think we'll try that again next next week. Uh, Jared, you were at the game. Uh, why don't you give us your impressions uh, of the game? Well, obviously the defense stepped up and uh, you know did what they had to do against that um, triple option offense. Uh, the D line and uh, a couple of linebackers just played outstanding that game, especially with the lack of depth on the defensive line. I thought they played really well because they were on the field for quite a long time and without very many breathers. Um, and then, of course, winning the turnover battle once again, plus two in the turnover margin and um, creating the three and scored off all three turnovers. That's the biggest thing. And um, just hopefully they can keep that going again. And you know, when Josh went down, of course, there was a little bit of a lull there the first couple drives of Nick, but, you know, he, he calmed down and, and led him to that touchdown drive. And one of the key plays on that drive was hitting Trey Woods on that pass out of the backfield. And he just, um, he threw it right in there. He was, he was wide open, but there was three defenders surrounding him. And if he would have been errant at all, it may not have been able to be complete, but Nick has a lot of poise and he managed the game well towards the end. And I think that's, you know, if he, if he's going to be the one on um, Saturday, um, if he just manages the game, I, I think the pokes have a really good opportunity to win another game. Yeah, I uh, think so. How about uh, the rest of you? Um, are you nervous about the fact that uh, Josh might not be there? Well, from my perspective, I, I think Jared broke down uh, that situation pretty well with, with Nick Smith, I, I do believe that the Cowboy defense, which has been very impressive, and they really step up uh, and make big plays. They're doing a great job, but they make big plays when the Cowboys need plays out of them to keep them in the football games or win football games. And I do believe that defense is going to be ready to play against Fresno State. So if, if Nick Smith can just manage the game well and uh, uh, complete those design passes, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of design routes for him to throw in certain uh, circumstances. And I know he can run the ball pretty well. He proved that two years ago. Uh, pretty decent running quarterback, and I think they'll have some plays for him. So if that all can happen, come along. Uh, minimize the turnovers i think cowboys have a good chance to win on saturday well you know i had an opportunity to speak with uh nick smith and i asked him about the um about his experience uh coming into the game let's listen to that the go wild go uh cowboy roundtable i'd like to welcome quarterback nick smith from the university of wyoming uh nick uh welcome to the go wild go podcast well, I uh, wanted to talk to you because uh, you played an instrumental part in that Air Force game in the second half and uh, wanted to ask you, uh, uh, first of all, uh, it must have been uh, a little nerve-wracking to have to go in for Josh uh, in that second half, especially with Air Force threatening. Now, uh, obviously, being the backup, uh, you have to come in from a cold start. Uh, you had a little rough start there, but it seemed to uh, work out for you as you went along. Yeah, I mean, it was, the side was actually, you know, uh, pretty cold outside. And it, was, yeah, it took a little time just to get warm up and, um, you know, kind of calm, calm the nerves and just kind of, uh, you know, the adrenaline was going, so, you know, you kind of feel loose at the same time. So, yeah, it, you know, it took a, a, little, a little bit, but I'm glad everything 
worked out well and able to make some plays down the stretch and, and uh, help, help our team get into the end zone. So now um, uh, you're kind of in a similar situation as we go through the, uh, the week. Uh, Josh apparently uh, uh, may be back or should be back, but you don't know, so I guess you have to be in the mindset of uh, being prepared to go uh, in case Josh can't. Now, uh, Coach Bowl in his uh, uh, conference today said that, uh, uh, you know, uh, you've been getting snaps uh, throughout the year. And uh, so how much uh, how much practice do you get during a typical uh, a week to get prepared? Now, um, uh, wanted to ask you one question, and this is not related to the game or anything, but you're the only guy from Florida on the football team. So it begs the question, how does a guy from Florida get on the University of Wyoming's football team? Well, now your grandfather uh, played for, I believe, Colorado, didn't he? So you do have a, a solid connection to the area. So it wasn't totally alien that you came out to Wyoming. No, no, I would say it wasn't. I, I had visited out here many times. Uh, we had, you know, come out to uh, Colorado uh, multiple times for Christmas and kind of had experienced winter here before. So, um, yeah, no, it wasn't totally foreign to me. And my grandparents own a, um, they like to travel up to Lake Alcove and like Casper. So I'd been there a few times. So I knew, knew where Wyoming was at and was pretty familiar uh, with the area. Well, you're three years into it now, so uh, you're a junior. Uh, one more year to go. So um, uh, with uh, Josh's situation uh, unsettled, I guess uh, you're um, looking at getting some uh, more playing time next year, possibly. Well, uh, Nick, I want to thank you for joining us, um, and good luck this week. We don't know uh, exactly what your situation is, but uh, we know that you'll be ready in case you're called upon. So good luck, and uh, go out there and beat those Bulldogs. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, and uh, go Pokes. Go Pokes. Well, that was my interview with Nick Smith. Uh, quite a um, quite a uh, great young man. Uh, uh, I if he has to play this weekend, I have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, Doug, what are you thinking? Well, 
from what I saw in the fourth quarter there, he uh, looked a little rusty uh, coming off the bench, you know, a little chilly evening and stuff, but uh, um, leading us down in, what was that, like a 70-yard drive or whatever, and did it with commanding authority. In fact, I saw glimpses of a, of a, of an Allen clone in a way, and in uh, the way he um, did the QB option and stuff, and and uh, if he can um, do that from the get-go, I think that uh, he can step right in and and take care of the job. And and in fact, if uh, if if Allen can't go at full strength and play a good game, I hate to see him be risked for any further injury. And and because uh, I'd like to see him finish the season strong. So you know we're going to roll with the punches. And if Smith's the man, then he's going to step up and fill the shoes and do the job. Anybody nervous about uh, Nick having to play? The only thing I'm nervous about is the offensive line play. They once again they got beat on multiple uh, plays against Air Force and a, and a you know small but fast defense. And Fresno State um, has you know they're it's Wyoming and Fresno the top two defenses in the league. They both lead the um, league in sacks as well. So the offensive line has to step up. And if it's whether having a leaving a tight end for extra blocking or a fullback or the tailback in there for some blocking, they got to get the job done and at least chip some guys. So Nick has a little bit more time. Well, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad you mentioned uh, defense because I also had a chance to um, talk to the uh, defensive coordinator, uh, uh, Scotty Hazleton. Uh, Let's listen to my interview with him. All right. We've got a special guest on the go. I'll go cowboy roundup. Coach Scotty Hazelton, defensive coordinator for the University of Wyoming. Coach, uh, welcome to the Go I.O. Go Cowboy Roundup. Well, Coach, uh, coming off a, a, a great win down there at Colorado Springs and, uh, of course, uh, uh, a great defensive effort. Uh, uh, how's your team feeling or how's your boys feeling right now at this point? Now, uh, in that game, um, you know, Wyoming uh, got out to a pretty good lead in the first half, but then it got a little little uh, tight in the second half. Um, uh, did you make any kind of adjustments, uh, or did they make any kind of adjustments that uh, made it uh, tough on you guys? Yeah, you know, they, they did a good job of, uh, you know, finding going through, like, their, their different option plays to figure out which one we were a little bit soft to, and, and, they, and they found out that, you know, if they were running that little drive play, planned on and, and it made us a little bit soft just with our keys and stuff like that so that uh, gave us a little bit of an issue and then uh, you know but as we went through we made a you know a couple of tweaks to it and then it, and it solidified up a little bit and then uh, you know when we started throwing the ball you know we, we you know you have to play quite a bit of man to those guys and, uh, and, and that hurt us a little bit you know right there before the half so you know when, once we got the lead you know you could you could loosen up and play a little bit of pass too so that kind of now you had a lot of success on the inside. I guess your defensive tackles uh, scored a lot of tackles. Uh, was that mostly the scheme on their part? Yeah, you, you know, well, you know, they tried the perimeter quite a bit, you know, and, and uh, with the way that some of our guys run on the perimeter, you know, they wouldn't have very much success out there, so they tried to pound the ball inside. And I think that that was kind of a plan too. You know, we're a little bit mixed up in it there at defensive tackles, so they thought, you know, if they could pound those guys a little bit more and wear them out, it would help them. You know, and it did a couple on a couple of long drives, but uh, you know those guys did a great job inside as they've done all year. Well, now you've got a um, you come home, but you got yourself a challenge. You've got uh, one of the leading uh, teams from the other side of the league, uh, Fresno State, coming in. Uh, what do you anticipate from them? Well, very good. And so uh, I want to thank you for joining us uh, and I want to wish you luck 
this weekend uh, against the Bulldogs. And uh, let's just say go Pokes. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Coach. We'll talk to you again later. Okay. Yeah. That's my the, the interview with uh, Coach Hazleton. Um, Rand, uh, you feeling good about the defense this weekend? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you guys have uh, kind of said it already that, you know, the the defense is opportunistic and they, you know, have, a, you know, the turnover uh, ratio in their favor. And, you know, I think they're going to continue to, you know, look for those, look for those picks and, you know, try to set up the offense, uh, you know, as best they can. And, uh, you know, I, I just say, you know, keep it rolling. Yeah, I think so too. Um, uh, any other, well, let's uh, close off the discussion uh, about the, the Air Force game. Any last thoughts out there? Yeah, Jeff, I've got one thought. Go ahead. W. 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 <laughs> Win Wyoming. Yeah, I tell you, that'll be, a, it does look a little dicey in getting into that championship game. And a lot of things are going to have to fall our way, but... Uh, the one thing that they have to do is they have to win that one game. Uh, everything else is kind of out of their hands. Well, there's, if there's probably one little disappointing part of this weekend, and certainly um, don't really like to call CSU losing disappointing, <laughs> but you know that you know Cowboys get that win, and if the Rams hold on to victory, the Cowboys are I think sitting in pretty good sh- shape to potentially get in there. Now, for that to happen, Boise State. To lose two doesn't look very probable, but they are playing, I think, two fairly good football teams. And they do have to end the season with Fresno. It's just going to be very interesting to see whether Air Force can go in there. But besides that, it was a great week and a great win for the Cowboys. You got the, the Hoops team winning a great road game at Oregon State. Uh, the other sports did really well this week, and it was just that little thing south of Laramie that happened. Yeah, well, I tell you, I was watching the game tracker as I was listening to the game and watching it on TV, and the score kept going up and up and up and up for CU, CSU, and I'm going, wow, wow, and then all of a sudden, boom, overtime, they lose it. Oh, man, that was so disappointing. Oh, well. Um, you know, Jeff, one, one thought I wanted to add about the Air Force game that I thought was, you know, really uh, uh, shows, you know, Bowles, you know, class is that the Wyoming players all went over and joined all the Air Force players when they play their, you know, uh, you know, uh, alma mater song, you know, and it's kind of a tribute to the, you know, to their brethren, you know, in the Air Force, you know, to guys lost in, you know, combat and whatnot, right? And, and I just thought that was so, you know, uh, awesome to see that you, you know it just shows the class that you know bowl has and then and then they came over and saying you know cowboy joe to the to the fans and uh that was that was pretty neat to see yeah that um as you heard jim describe it from there the uh that was great but yeah i'm i'm all for um supporting those guys because they're going to go on and uh, uh serve our country so uh, you know, they might be a rival on the football field, but uh, they certainly have our support and um, uh, our thoughts uh, for them going forward. Uh, now, uh, we're going to be... If I can jump in real quick and sure. add to that. Sure. Um, the, air, the cadets were um, throwing footballs out on the field during the game of play. And um, it kind of showed a little bit of lack of, um, I don't know what the, I don't want to use <laughs> it's a bad word by any means, but um, they didn't show any class by any means. And then after the game, Coach Calhoun uh, totally dissed Coach Bowl on the handshake. Oh, and really? I don't know if it was by design or not, but he certainly missed him the first time that he walked by him. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well. Well, you know, Bowl went out there, he was looking for Calhoun. If you look on the replay from ESPN, yeah, Bull was was pretty heated because you know their uh, their uh, uh, what nose tackle dived right into our center and uh, yeah that was just you know on the on the last game uh, you know play of the game 
you know, uh, we're taking a knee, victory formation, and and this guy dives right into the center. It was just, you know, come on, what are you what are you trying to accomplish there? So yeah, I I was pleased to see, you know, how Wyoming treated the game. That was good. Well, I tell you, at least we didn't have any howdy doody situation with Bo being upset. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's got totally a lot more class than the former Wyoming coach had at that one instance. Uh, we, we shall not mention any names. Uh, now, well, let's let's get on to this Fresno thing. Uh, Ian, um, uh, what do you got? Uh, give us your thoughts on that. Well, I'm <clears throat> take a little bit more of a universal approach, a tangible approach to this game. I think having Fresno come up to 7,200 feet, I've seen – a lot of teams from sea level through the years of the West Coast coming up to Laramie playing in November, and they just don't seem to be quite on their game. They might be a little, their timing might be off. That could be a big possibility in this game. I know Fresno has a lot to play for because they can still win their division and win the Mount West Conference Championship. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be their first trip to Laramie in a few years. Uh, nobody on that roster has been up there. The weather's not going to be ideal. It's going to be about 35 degrees and windy. Um, so I think there's going to be an advantage uh, mentally for the Cowboys being senior day. Um, and if Nick Smith ends up playing in this game, I, I do believe this football team's going to rally around him and play really well. I think everybody knows individually they're going to have to step their games up a little bit and help him. And they want to prove that, you know, they're not just about Josh Allen. So I think there's some elements to Wyoming's advantage in this game. But I look at Fresno State's, you know, schedule. I, nothing really strikes me much in their schedule except for that win over San Diego State. Uh, they got knocked off by UNLV at home, I believe. Um, I don't really, you know, they did beat New Mexico 38 to nothing at home, which is similar to what Wyoming did to New Mexico. So I don't see anything really striking, but this uh, this is a balanced team with a, a balanced offense run game. They got a quarterback who can throw and pass the ball, and they have two athletic wide receivers. They always seem to have a good group of receivers that can be next level type type players. So it's kind of way I look at this game, and um, I always like to see what Doug would think because Doug analytically breaks these down pretty well. Well, it's it's another one of those that. You know, you look at it and you got to figure that it's going to lean more towards a close, tough battle and who might win that turnover margin, you know, favors Wyoming. You take a look at the stats and Fresno's got, you know, they're close to 400 yards on offense and only given up 307 on defense. And, you know, Wyoming, on the other hand, is... 277 on offense and 334 on defense. And, uh, you know, I, I'd rather stat-wise be a plus 88 instead of a minus uh, um, 57. But at the same time, Wyoming is plus 17 in the turnover margin. Fresno is plus 8. So that's still a, a, a very positive for Fresno. And, and uh, But as you mentioned, that intangible of the weather, who does it impact the most? And... Um, you know, I got to imagine that Fresno's not going to be any different than any other team. They see the film, they say, put as many people in the box as you dare while still playing some pass offense and or defense and uh, and bring it and dare Wyoming to try and run you over because if you don't run it, we're still bringing enough people that we're going to come after the queue. And, um, and you know, can our receivers make nice little breaks? Do we call good plays that um, we can expose maybe a weakness here and there in the defense? And I don't know if you all um, paid attention to it, but it, did it seem like we ran some trick plays? But we had some variations on offense against Air Force. And, and um, how well do we execute some of our variations? Are there some things that we can do that maybe Fresno's not prepared for? So... Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be another one of those real tough um, battles, and you know the home court kind of has the favor. And 
I'm not ready to concede anything because we could have easily been two and five before we started this streak, just barely winning an overtime at home against Hawaii and then uh, um, having to come back on the road against Utah State. And um, Instead, now we're sitting at 7-3 with the possibility of getting to nine wins with the team that's putting out less offense than they give up on defense. So uh, um, I just have to believe that the Pokes can do it one way or the other. They're finding a way to score more points at the end of the game. And it, like I say, it's like playing golf. You can hit a tree, but if it goes in the hole in four, you got a par, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, Brand, uh, thoughts about the game? Yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, Doug kind of said it all there. Um, you know, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, defensive battle. Um, I'd like to think that, you know, Fresno's coming off of, you know, having to play Hawaii and, you know, uh, that's a long, you know, long travel. Then they got to get, you know, back into it and, uh, you know, travel to Laramie. It's high ele ele elevation. It's, you know, the, the cold. So maybe that, you know, those things, you know, all, although they're small items, they tend to add up. And let's just hope that, you know, it goes in the favor of the Pokes. I'm, I'm, um, I'm feeling similarly there. I've got pretty confident feeling and, uh, uh, no matter who plays quarterback, I think this team is of uh, uh, the mindset, and I think um, uh, I think Bowles said that about uh, the team that uh, uh, that uh, they they feel like they can perform, and if Josh can't make it, uh, they still feel like they can win it. So uh, I've got a lot of confidence. Now, uh, looking beyond <clears throat> the Fresno game. Um, we are now um, bowl eligible, big time bowl eligible, and there's several bowls out there. Uh, Doug, have, have you looked into the bowl situation any at all, and and uh, what what have you learned about that? Well, I like how the Mountain West has a nice chart, um, and they have their 2017 bowl selection process, and it's kind of like a flow chart. You got to follow the arrows. Um, and they have various bowl eligibility guidelines and the precedents and everything. And, um, you know, the, the one thing that I feel is kind of a given unless, uh, you know, you, you see the teams from the AAC implode, um, you know, they, they probably have the inside look at get to the college football playoff. And part of that is, is Boise dropped a, game at home to Virginia that they should have never dropped and they lost bad. Uh, you might be happy about that, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, anyway, um, um, looking at that, let, let's just focus right on the, the Mountain West and going right into the Mountain West Bulls and just kind of discount that the, the college football playoff is in the Mountain West realm. Um, but uh, the very first selection is the Las Vegas Bowl has the selection uh, of available teams. And, and um, the, the Mountain West champion shall receive the primary consideration. Um, I guess that also means that if the Vegas Bowl sees there's another fit, you know, and the Mountain West champion can be placed elsewhere, whatever, they could always pass on them, likewise with any of the Bulls. But anyway, Vegas Bowl has the first pick. Interesting, there's a little line right underneath the Vegas Bowl that says the Cactus Bowl. If a slot is open from either the Big 12 or the Pac-12, which it looks like there's a big possibility the Big 12 might not have that extra team. It's going to come down to if, if Oklahoma um, gets picked for the Final Four or whatever, and, and then maybe like Oklahoma State goes to a to – a, one of the New Year's six. If that's the case, um, then chances are good there might be a Cactus Bowl slot opening. So, um, you know, do they take the Mountain West champ for that with a lineup against a, a Pac-12 team? Or because then the next rule is that if the Mountain West champ still goes to the Vegas Bowl, and the payouts are about the same on those bowls, um, but if 
Mount West Champ goes to the Vegas Bowl, then the Cactus Bowl still could select the next available, and Mount West says the guideline is, is that a divisional champ should then receive the next consideration. Um, after that, then it goes to regular season conference record, and if you look at the diagram, that immediately points towards the New Mexico Bowl, the Potato Bowl, and the Hawaii Bowl. And that's where the big question mark comes in is, um, is those bowls are supposed to be fulfilled. And then once those bowls are fulfilled, then comes the Arizona Bowl. Um, that's for the total of five. The Mountain West is looking like we possibly are going to have six teams in short of uh, Air Force or, or um, uh, UNLV becoming eligible. I think UNLV might have the the better shot playing at New Mexico and at Nevada, and you hate to say that about road games or whatever, but Air Force going at Boise kind of looks a little doubtful, but you never know. Um, but um, interestingly, after the uh, another arrow off of the Arizona Bowl says that also the Frisco Bowl in uh, – Dallas, that's the bowl that has kind of an open-end agreement with either Conference USA, a MAC, or the Mountain West, or Boohoo U, um, who is not eligible. So um, um, that's where it gets a little convoluted, is, is it does say that any other consideration for at-large can be placed in a bowl such as like the Foster Farms, which the Big Ten isn't going to fill, and, um, but it can only be done after all contractual bowls are fulfilled. Well, here, here's where the part comes in. Maybe somebody knows a little bit more and can help me out. Can, by agreement, any one of the bowls contracted for the Mountain West decide to go ahead and accept um, a team from uh, maybe an at-large team and allow a Mountain West team to play in a bowl that has a substantially higher payout. Because, for instance, the Foster Farms Bowl's two and a half million payout. The Potato Bowl's 900,000. You know, shouldn't you have a reward for excellence if there's also that um, um, availability? So. What I kind of played around with a little bit is my thoughts on um, on winning. I, I, I'm ready to say, hey, you know, maybe Boise will run the table. Uh, um, I'm kind of thinking don't count San Diego out because when Wyoming beats Fresno, Boise might as well finish Fresno off too, and it will be Boise and San Diego in the Mountain West Conference game. Hey, that leaves those, those teams already at – 10-plus wins. Wyoming sweeps, finishes at nine wins. Now you have the three top teams. Everybody else is either 7-5, 6, six. And um, the question is going to be is Mountain West is going to have probably six teams bowl eligible with a very outside chance of seven. If we get to seven, all, all things are solved. You can have a couple of teams go to the Cactus and the Foster Farms Bowl and still fulfill all the Mountain West Bowls with Mountain West teams. If not, then, then that's what my question is, is are we required to put a Mountain West in one of those bowls regardless before allowing them to go elsewhere? Anybody have any ideas on that? Well, mm -hmm. that's <laughs> that was pretty comprehensive. It, 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 quite, quite the brain teaser. I oh mean, yeah. It, 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 even even with the chart that they have there, you can beat your head against the wall looking at some of these scenarios, and then you look at some of these pundits. You can look at all these um, um, bowl projection sites, and uh, I think a lot of them get it right, but some of them are saying, "Oh, you know, a Mountain West team's going to be." at large in the independence bowl and another one's going to be at large in the quick lane bowl and um um you know that that totally defies the criteria as outlaid by the mountain west conference of contractually fulfilling all our bowls so unless the mountain west gets both air force and nevada las vegas available which would make eight mountain west teams above um uh, bowl eligible then then I just don't see where you're going to go outside of the system of tie-ins. 
Wow. Yeah, you get you got that right. I I would like you know uh, who's well, let's just go around the horn. Uh, let's start with Ian. What's your preference? Well, my preference would be the Las Vegas Vegas Bowl because that means we won the Mount West Conference Championship, and we know some of those some things are going to happen make that happen. But my next choice after that would definitely be in Arizona. I would like to see a bowl in Arizona. It's easy travel. I would think the Arizona bowl, uh, we have a lot of alumni down in Arizona. I, I think it would be a well attended game and it'd be a, a bowl that we haven't uh, played in before. So that would be my second choice. Not a big fan of the humanitarian bowl. Uh, we've been to the New Mexico bowl a couple times. Don't want to sound like I'm picky, but um, if I had to have my choice after the Las Vegas Bowl, it would certainly be that Arizona Bowl. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I think, um, honestly, you know, you can, you know, <laughs> your head can swim with trying to do the analysis, but um, I think it comes down to, you know, if I were Tom Berman, you know, I think I would be looking at, you know, what bowls would we travel well to? And that's what you'd want to push. So, you know, possibly the Las Vegas Bowl, because, you know, as Doug mentioned, they don't have to select the Mountain West champion. And with if Boise is ranked and can, you know, maybe get to a different bowl, you know, a little higher profile bowl, then maybe we can get to Las Vegas. Um, we know we can travel well there. Um, Arizona Bowl, like uh, uh, Ian uh, mentioned, you know, that that would be great because the timing is right. You know, the, the 29th of December, which would be awesome, you know, I think a lot of people could make that. So, and the travel is somewhat, you know, it's kind of like New Mexico Bowl. You just, you know, drive down the interstate. Um and then, and then finally, you know, I would say New Mexico Bowl, you know, I would take that even if, you know, yeah, we've been there before, but um, again, it's an easy travel bowl to get to. It's far enough away from the, you know, Christmas holiday. And I think, you know, if I'm Tom Berman, that's, that's what I would be considering is where can the fans get to and... <laughs> And, you know, timing of it. Because, like, Heart of Dallas is, like, the 26th. Who's going to be able to make that? Yeah, that'd be a bummer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? So so I, I, I would just simplify the problem and just look at, you know, what bowls are around us that we can get to. Well, Jared, what's your preference? Well, of course, Las Vegas, like Ian said, because that means you're the champion. But um, Boise's done this before when they've been the champion. They have opted to negotiate themselves into another bowl game. And the majority of the bowls are owned by ESPN. So it's always a discussion between ESPN, the commissioner of the league, and the athletics directors of the you know possible teams going there. And um, it's... Boise's been to Vegas quite, quite often. Uh, San Diego State was there last year. Um, I, I don't remember how well that game was attended because they played Houston and both teams were in red and or black, so I couldn't remember who was who <laughs> in the stands. But, um, you know, obviously Wyoming always travels well there. They would take a great crowd there once again. Uh, um, but other than that, um, you know, the other, the other ones don't really excite me at all. And the Cactus Bowl, even though it is the day after Christmas, that would be uh, a great one to play in because it would be against a, a big opponent, most likely. So, well, I'd like to, I'd like another shot at UCLA, get a chance to embarrass them again. <laughs> um, well, I kind of like the point Jared brought up, and I guess he kind of nailed it home. Somebody else may have mentioned it about the Las Vegas Bowl not being a guarantee. Uh, for the Mount West Conference champion. And I could definitely see a scenario now that what Jared just said, where Boise State takes another bowl game. And I think Wyoming, if we can finish strong, now we finish the season off strong, meaning win our last two games, have nine wins uh, with Josh Allen as our quarterback, I, I could see definitely a, an outside chance the Cowboys getting in that Las Vegas Bowl. That would be, be very exciting, actually. 
Well, that's uh, at least it's nice at this time of the year to say we're going to go to a bowl game. So uh, it's kind I of. I just want to. I just want to add that I think CSU should get the potato bowl again. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's yeah. my vote because I want to see <laughs> see the meltdown. Well, well, that's they, the best comment of the show so far, Brandon. <laughs> well, I have also heard through the grapevine that um, CSU will most likely get sent to the Hawaii Bowl because they travel so poorly, and you know there's no there's no reason to send somebody that travels well to the Hawaii Gold Bowl because they can't make those plans in such a short time. Okay. So they're. They usually send a team. That's why Hawaii usually plays in it if they're eligible because they don't have to worry about travel. Well, you know, uh, that's a good point too. <laughs> that's the one. That that's the one bowl game I hope we don't game. get. I hope we don't get the, the Hawaii. Then I can't go. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, well, nobody can. Really. Yeah, really. I mean, who, who could? Jeez, that would be that would be a budget buster, and about every other. I, I, just because I already can get a six-hour direct flight from here, and uh, the problem is, is what's the price of the ticket short notice, and do I really <laughs> want to go spend Christmas Eve? Well, yeah, I'd love to spend Christmas Eve cheering for the Pokes and um, stuff, but it, here's a little wild card thing to think about. Um, with the with the tie-ins, with the cactus and the foster forms, I mean, those are definitely the more high-profile bowls. you got to Remember now, the Vegas, the Cactus, and the Foster Farms are the big payout bowls. After that, you got your New Mexico Potato and Hawaii Bowl that are basically the million-dollar minimum bowls, you know, just the same as like the Arizona Bowl. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know what, what are your New Mexico? It's Conference USA. Potato, it's a MAC team. Hawaii, it's maybe a little more profile. It's uh, the American Conference or whatever. But the Cactus and the Foster Form, you're going to have a Pac-12 team there, and you're going to have the Pac-12 available. They're, they're going to be putting somebody in there, whether it's uh, somebody like um, um, Cal, UCLA, Arizona State, you know, and stuff. And, um, um, you know, and I, um, but they're going to be looking for teams that are going to help bring a TV audience. So, yes, that – ESPN is going to be quite influential in um, that negotiation process. And the little wild card thing to me is going to be um, they really don't want to take a Mountain West team and, and um, you know, in the ones Mountain West is obligated to, like New Mexico, Potato, Hawaii, really want a Mountain West team, and how does that work out? Because the Southeast Conference is the one main team conference that can potentially have um, more at-large teams than than um, any of the others. And there's also the possibility that uh, maybe the Pac-12 could have more eligible teams. Now, you're not going to put a Pac-12 against a Pac-12, although I guess in the Arizona Bowl a couple years ago, what you had at two Mountain West teams, what was it, like Colorado State and Utah State or something like that? Colorado and Nevada. Yeah. Nevada won. (laughs) Right. But could there possibly be then, like let's say the Pac-12 has more teams than available and all their bowls are filled, and, you know, let's put a Mountain West opponent up against one of them, and maybe the Pac-12 team comes in and takes on the Conference USA team in the uh, New Mexico Bowl. So, you know, we're going to have to get through next week to get a better definition, but a lot of this is not going to be affected quite as much by the divisional winners unless that upsets the New Year's Six possibilities. Um but it's just there are so many teams that are um, have the ability to get to 506 wins, and I just don't see any way that you're going to have any five and seven teams qualifying um, by their APR because there there's 78 bowl slots and there's 60 eligible teams right now, and there's still what is it something like 
38 teams that or 44 teams that could possibly become eligible and looking at all the schedules and the potentials for teams to get to six wins I only see six situations and two of them are in the ACC and four of them are in the Big Ten where teams playing each other somebody is definitely not going to become eligible so out of 44 teams that could still get in 38 have a very good chance of being bowl eligible and and so there's going to be a lot of choices and it's going to come down to at least by getting above 500 Wyoming's guaranteed they're going to be somewhere no matter what it's the teams that are six and six that don't have the contractual tie-ins um, available by their conference that might be the ones sitting at home and that's why I was so nervous earlier in the year about, oh, New Mexico is going to be our key game. we got to get that because then if we don't run the table against CSU and Air Force and Fresno or whatever, we got a great chance with San Jose. Now we're talking about pushing that at least eight wins, you know, because Fresno, I'll admit, that, that's the game that scares me the most of the next two coming up. If we can take care of Fresno, I, I don't have any doubts. I think you could play – pull a red shirt off of a, a scout team quarterback and be <laughs> San Jose. Um, but Wyoming getting to nine wins, hey, we don't bring the TV sets, but it's a little hard to ignore a nine-win team from gaining a little interest in the national spotlight versus uh, like a CU getting to six and six. Well, assuming and assuming that Josh is available, you know, um, and healthy, uh, he adds a little cachet to that too. So I, I, I would imagine that would help some. Oh, most definitely. So, you know, like I say, there's a, there's a lot you can just beat yourself up. Don't sweat it out looking at any of these bull projections because they're going to be a lot more solid to look at after Thanksgiving's over. And before the divisional championships, because some of the divisional championships aren't going to change anything with the rest of them. It just might be a difference whether um, somebody, you know, let's, I'm just making this up, it, uh, whether Michigan or Michigan State plays in the Tax Slayer Bowl and the other one goes to a um, selection number six, you know, and stuff like that. But it's not going to have any Mountain West impact quite the same other than if if somehow Boise or San Diego found themselves, uh, or even Wyoming, you know, um, found themselves going to the NY6. And, and right now it's going to be a, Boise is the only one that has the chance to get in that door, but you got three American Conference teams that um, have to somehow find a way to eliminate each other. Ah. Well, all right. Well, gentlemen, it's getting about that time. Uh, we've about put an hour down. So, uh, you know, um, I've got to do my thing here, you know. Uh, there you go. I'm going to have two of them. How's that? Yeah. Didn't drink it down. Well, there you have it. Another hour of the Cowboy Roundtable. Gentlemen, I want to thank you. You did a fantastic job tonight. I want to thank Doug for uh, giving us the nth degree on the bowl games. And Jared, uh, your nice report on, uh, on the uh, Air Force uh, game. And Ian, your look ahead, and uh, Brand, your comments. I uh, want to want to thank you for that. So, why don't we call this uh, good night? So, uh, gentlemen, uh, you have a good evening. Are you still there? We are, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> Just enjoying the, our, our beers, Jeff. We oh. can't drink this back to you and we're enjoying the tunes in the background. All right. Okay. 
Well, let's just <laughs> let's just take it on out of here, all right? Well, there you have it. Another Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. We've been joined by Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go I O Go, Doug Friesen, Jared Newland, Brand McMac Brand LeMaitre. Sorry, Brand. The Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media in cooperation with the Go Y.O. Go website. All rights reserved. <laughs>